welcome to episode 117 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. Quick side note, um, our last episode, 116, the one that we did with Keegan Ness, for whatever reason, we had an audio problem uh, in terms of getting it onto Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those, uh, the radio side of things. Um, don't know why audio didn't take. Hopefully, our audio and the app, they mesh <laughs> better uh, for this episode because last episode was fantastic. So, apologies. I have no idea what the problem is, but we're moving on. Um, I mean, pretty much the show is just going to be about the NFL wildcard weekend and the craziness that happened, uh, what we're going to be looking forward to in the divisional round and everything going forward. So, Sam, quick thoughts real quick on, like, overall the wildcard weekend. Um, uh, lacks a lot of competitive games apart from the two games that – really were marred by a lot of controversy. And I think those two overshadowed what like really good games both those games were. But outside of those two games, the Cincinnati Raiders game on the first day, the ultimately first game to open up, and then the Niners-Dallas game on Sunday, those two were really the only competitive games. And then every other game was a complete blowout for one team and really the home team in all accounts. Yeah, so, okay, so let me ask you this question. Out of the four blowouts, so we have the Bills over the Patriots, 47-17. We have the Buccaneers, 31-15 over the Eagles. The Chiefs, 42-21 over the Steelers. And the Rams, 34-11 over the Cardinals. Which one of those blowouts was the most surprising win in, in that fashion? Ooh, it's, I think it's tough. It's either between Arizona – Rams or um, Patriots Bills because both those teams were playing their third matchup and the two earlier games I think were pretty close I mean Arizona sort of blew out the Rams in the first meeting and the Rams won in a one possession game the second time they played so you I mean you'd expect two pretty good teams to battle pretty evenly but the Rams just totally like it's almost like they were withholding plays the whole year and just decided to showcase them in the first week of the playoffs. That's what it kind of seemed like. And then the bills just to handle a Patriots team that at one point in the year, we thought was one of the best teams in the AFC and they just got totally handled by Buffalo. We haven't even seen another team Buffalo. We haven't seen them this good. This was the team that everyone thought was going to make the Super Bowl, And they finally showed up in that first playoff game. Those two blowouts because I thought they were going to be a lot closer surprised me for sure um yeah so I'm not going to take the cop-out answer of picking two games I'm going to pick one game <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> um totally, <laughs> I'm totally kidding I'm totally kidding um I'm going to say the Rams game was the most surprising to me and I think I think for me the reason why is because the Rams, I guess, were kind of in the same boat as the Cardinals. They both started off hot and kind of limped into the playoffs a little bit. I know the Rams were a 12-win team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, Arizona was an 11-win team. I think the thing that made that game so surprising was because I understand that Buffalo blew out the Patriots by more points. So I think you'd look at that and say that was a more dominant game because Josh Allen played 
out of his mind. But I think the Rams, the way that they won that game, I I had watched the first like quarter and a half, and I turn on the game, and Arizona's got the ball, and they flash up the just like as soon as I turned on the game, the total amount of yards that Arizona had, and it said negative one total yards on the entire game. And I was like, we are midway through the second quarter, and they have negative yards. Kyler Murray and this Arizona Cardinals offense only has negative one, and I say only, as if they actually gained something. <laughs> but but they had negative one total yards. And I yeah. look over at the Rams, and they're, they have 21 points. I'm like, dear God, what happened to the Cardinals? And after that, it just – it wasn't – I mean, Kyler Murray just looked so unlike himself the entire yeah. game. 19 for 34, 137, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. He pulled a Carson Wentz too with that intercept. It's yeah. trying to save save the safety, but like lobbing it up into the middle of the field. A really should, peculiar play. Yeah, should have let the ball go like two seconds before that. Just I mean, just get rid of it. You know you're in the end zone. That's uh, Yeah, I mean, better safe than sorry in that instance. So I think – I think the way that the Rams beat the Cardinals was more surprising than the Bills playing their best game against mm-hmm. the Patriots at home. Um, and I, I think that I think that was the biggest for me coming out of the weekend was yeah. the biggest like holy crap that just happened. You know, it's weird. Um, that was kind of a theme through the playoffs as well. I mean, the Eagles for long stretches in that game had sub ten yards; they couldn't do anything. Dallas started with negative yards in their first like three possessions and they couldn't buy a first down. And then, like you said, with, um, with the Cardinals, they had major, and these are playoff teams. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best mm-hmm. here. And it's just really peculiar, like how teams are able to match up in different ways and really make high powered offenses look kind of mediocre at times. Mm-hmm. So one of the, uh, one of the things that was coming out of this weekend that you had mentioned right at the top of the show was these sort of, I guess, controversies that sort yeah. of surrounded to the two, I guess, best games of the weekend. And I think it's ironic that they revolved around our two teams. Yeah, we're pretty I think, fortunate. We got yeah, <laughs> like we had teams. something to watch. <laughs> um, and I think one of them. I think the Raiders one is significantly less than Dallas's um, in terms of one, what it led to, to the actual controversy in and of itself. um, But also the, I guess the high profile nature of the Cowboys. Um, So I don't know which one you want to start with first. Um, You know, we can even discuss um, and just see where it leads. Um, I've also, I've been thinking like comparing the two because they're so, similar almost of like they're not judgment calls but it's almost like ref errors like just messing up like it's not like oh i didn't think that was a pi call so i didn't call it it's like they're just making a mistake but i feel like the the um the raiders one is a clear a like obvious mistake made by a ref and then the the, honestly, the Niner Cowboy ending, I don't know what the protocol is for a ref um, trailing a play like that. It just, I had never seen mm-hmm. a ref show up almost seemingly that late 
and then like bowling his way through an offensive line. Cause I didn't even realize that a ref had to place the ball and spot the ball between each place. I honestly didn't know that was kind of a thing. I, that was kind of maybe <laughs> ignorant on my part, which it, I guess you maybe just take that for granted because teams don't try to set up that fast, but I've never seen that as a being a problem when teams try to spot the ball like or try to spike the ball to, to stop the clock. I've never seen the ref getting there being an issue. Yeah. And okay. So one of those things, and it's funny that you say that you didn't know that that was a rule because um, it looked like Dallas didn't know that that was a rule either. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing is, is, and I guess, I don't know if it's because, you know, I played quarterback and it was one of those things where I knew that playing the game and playing quarterback that, you know, plays over, get the ball to the ref, he's got to spot the ball, yada, yada, yada. Because teams, you can't spot your own ball. Like, it, like it's just, otherwise teams would yeah. spot themselves yards or whatnot. Like you, totally. and, and if you've went, and if you watch Larry Fitzgerald ever, you know that the first thing that he does when it's clock management is he gets the ball, and the first thing he does is look for a referee. Mm-hmm. It is, it's the most basic thing in a two in a two minute drill. Is as soon as you get the ball, find the referee. And what I was really curious, and I don't work Mondays. I work Tuesday, so when I work Tuesday, I listen to Monday reaction shows for past games, and I was really curious to see what the analysts on get up and uh, the Dan Patrick show and, and Greeny were going to say, um, cause I listened to all three and every single analyst that came on the show that said, and I was really interested because I agreed with them as after the game was over, this was my initial thought. And I'm glad that I wasn't wrong in this. It's not the referee's fault. When you, when you are like for Dak in the center to, First of all, Dak should have slid five yards before that. The extra few yards that you think you're going to get is really not going to matter. Um, but in that situation, the lack of awareness to find a referee and to to not know that, hey, we just had a huge gain. The ref might be behind us. Like, it, scan the field. Scan mm-hmm. the field, especially if you're the center. Not but if they you're were, Dak. But they were trying to clock it so fast. I guess that's where it goes into. I get that. But as soon as Dak pops up, where's the ref? That's the the first thing you do is where is the referee? Where is the referee? And Mm -hmm. to run up there, spot the ball, like the referee, if you watch him, yeah, he's a little bit behind, but he's hustling. (laughs) Like he's moving. He's trying to get there. He's doing Mm -hmm. everything he can to get the ball. And they're in, they're literally set up in a formation. So the ref has to like, shove everybody out of the way to get the ball. And it's like, that's going to yeah. cost you time. You have to, you have to know to look for the referee. Um, and I was listening to get up. And one of the interesting things that, uh, that I heard, and obviously this is something that you and I wouldn't know. We were never in the NFL. We didn't play in college. So the number yeah. that everybody kept saying was, if you're going to run a play like that, then the time that you need for that is 16 seconds. 16 seconds was the line of demarcation that I heard every single person, every single analyst um, say. Dallas actually had 14 seconds. So one of the things that Dan Orlovsky was saying, and I never thought of this, but if you run a play like that and you realize when you pop up that you're not going to have enough time to spike the ball, 
then what you do as a quarterback and as a team is you run up and you have some kind of call like the one that he was using was 9-1-1, 9-1-1, meaning we're not going to get a chance to spike the ball. Everybody run to the end zone. Right. So if you watch the play, everybody – like the person that they kept pointing to was uh, Schultz, the tight end. Like he's mm-hmm. not moving very quickly, but he's like looking around like what are we doing? Like are we going to run a play or are we going to clock it? So anybody who's leaving that game and going that was on the referee, that's just – it's it's not. It's a lack of awareness from Dallas, and it's truthfully more than anything else. It's unfortunate that a game that good – ends that way yeah i mean i've never seen like you talked about um a bunch of a bunch of former players bringing up that scenario i honestly had never seen many teams run a qb draw yeah and then get ready i've honestly never seen it so when they did that it was funny because um first off the call of uh romo and nance the whole game was just a pleasure and then romo right before that play was like if there is a tackle inbounds, this game is over. So when yeah. I saw Dak run and he's running upfield, I was like, well, he's, he's ending the game for his team. Like we just heard Romo say, and then he was continuing to go. Like he, yeah, what did he get? He, 20 went yard, he went a 20 yard gain there. And it was just really peculiar. It was almost like, I, I just, I think Dallas was just trying to outsmart the system almost because apparently they had like practiced. The no, I didn't like that, especially with how um, conservative the Niners were playing in their secondary. I mean, they were just letting Dallas get yeah. outside throws to to the outside. And honestly, if Dallas were to convert that third and one and get a third and goal from the twenty with the game on the line, with how good their wide receivers are, I could see them converting that. Mm-hmm. and with how um <laughs> so many liabilities in the Niners secondary right now I mean I could see them I'd be very scared of that happening but they kind of took that out like they took that possibility t- completely out by what they did I I was very surprised at what they did just because I had never yeah. seen a team do that yeah. and maybe maybe the refs didn't even see that coming like maybe if they were maybe if that was a more common thing they would have been yeah i don't know in more of a hurry to get that play spotted i don't know yeah you know i actually didn't walking away from it it was a risky call obviously because it didn't work out but <laughs> i mean well even if it even if it does work out it's still a risky call that doesn't oh, diminish big time. Yeah, I mean, they would have had they would have had max like one second, two seconds. And yeah, that's just so it does. That, that yeah. margin is so fine. Exactly, that you're working with. But I actually don't mind it if because I like I I get the logic behind it because nobody in the world is going to think you're going to run a quarterback draw right up the middle. So the odds of it being wide open for you are probably there. So the yards are there. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say I know for a fact I'm going to get ten yards here, that's all I'm looking for is ten yards then if you run 10 yards and immediately slide at 10, because you're not really worried about this play, you're worried about the next play. So the fact that Dak kept running and got that extra five, 10 yards, as soon as you hit 10 yards, I mean, they were at the 41 is I think what people were saying. So they're not 
as soon as you get 10 yards, you're 30 yards away. That is, I mean, that's a good spot to be in for a final play. Yeah. So I understand you could argue that the 25 or 20 may be better, but if you're managing clock, who cares? You're it was all about, about it was the all next about play. Not having to do a Hail Mary. That was the whole right. point of it. Like you're not right. Or else they would have just thrown on that possession. Because exactly. it obviously seems like they were scared of an incompletion and then getting stuck that far away from the the goal. Right. So in that sense, I actually don't mind the play call. But as soon as you hit 10 yards, go down and look for the rep. So, like, one, not going down much sooner, strike one. That's going to cost you at least one or two seconds. And then two, which should be strike two and strike three. Um, for every, It should be strike 11 because there are 11 offensive players on the field who didn't seem to know that you needed to get the football to the referee. So, that I mean, they cost themselves two, three seconds just by one not sliding too soon. And by not finding the ref, and by not giving the ref the ball, it was, which it's it so was unforgivable. All I've heard is that they that was the plan going in, like they practiced that scenario and practiced it that like play. It. <laughs> but it was uh, I was listening to Shannon and Skip, and Shannon was like, "Well, they obviously didn't practice with a ref," <laughs> <laughs> which is so it, funny. It looked like it. I'm glad you said that because one of the first people that Greeny asked. On Monday, they have the they have the same people Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like they rotate, you know. There's a different crew on Monday, different crew on Tuesday. Greeny's obviously the host, but so one of the first things that he asked Rex Ryan because he's on the Monday crew mm-hmm. is at practice. Do you guys have referees? He said yes. Every practice, we yeah. we and you practice the two minute drills with referees. Um, so he was saying for them to say that they practice it, and then for that to happen. They just totally contradict themselves in that sense. It's like if you practice it, then you know that you have to give the ball to the referee. It's not something that just got invented. And then the whole like mood after of blaming the refs for that loss. Oh, I think yeah, that, that is so crap. unjustified by McCarthy yeah. and Dak after that game. Yeah. I mean, that was such a it's such a bad look. Yeah, I could see McCarthy's um, frustration because they are penalized for a franchise record 14 times. But when oh god, yeah, when they when they reviewed all like uh, what is it? It's CBS. CBS would replay these penalties. Tony and Jim would be like, "Oh yeah, that's clear, clear as day. That's Randy Gregory like, tackling an offensive lineman to the ground and to give him the first. I was like, "What are you doing?" And then are they the only team that does that? Probably not. No, but, no. But did the Niners see that and notify the refs, hey, they're doing that. They're not letting us get to the second level, and that's such a huge part of our run game? Yeah, that's – I mean, this just – for me, this yeah. just boiled down to you can't blame the refs. I think no. one coaching staff completely outplayed the other in that yeah. game because the Niners were way more prepared for this game than Dallas was. And you could see it from the opening first quarter with how many – um Pre, pre-snap penalties that Dallas was getting and they're supposed to be the home team the favorite in that game and it just seemed like the Niners just had oozed that confidence going in it was like yeah we've been here we're not Dallas we haven't we haven't we've won a playoff game in the last three years like we we know <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be here and 
Some quick notes on your boys. I haven't really sat down and watched a full 49ers game, I don't think, this entire year. Um, just because I, it just hasn't – I mean, I watch yeah. Red Zone. I watch the Red Zone, so it just goes back and forth. Um, but obviously I've seen highlights of them every single week. But actually getting to sit down and watch a full 49ers game, Debo Samuel might be the funnest player in the NFL to watch. I was having an absolute ball watching him play. That dude – is a machine yeah when he's on the sidelines and he's like panting he earns that oh yeah like this dude <laughs> is running slants right in the middle of the field Crazy. getting popped and then the very next play he'll line up in the backfield and getting an eight yard Freaking just gash he almost up the looks like a better running back than a wide receiver which is crazy to say oh his his hands are so good though I, I know, I get it. I know, I get it. But, like, there are certain runs that I'm watching and make. I'm like, he's making cuts that I don't see what the running backs make. That, that, um, that cut for that touchdown um, after, that, after that pick yeah. that Dallas threw, what a, what a read right there. Um, yeah, Seeing exactly. That hole. And then I hadn't seen – I really honestly hadn't seen that speed from Debo either, where he just blows by defenders that's not like his biggest trait is that speed but he for sure showed it there and that was by far the happiest i had been on sunday and is he not living every like football player's dream to be able to play wide receiver and then to go line up in the backfield and play running back and then i'm sure they have a bunch of other trick plays for him like he is just he's just having fun out there it just Dude, looks he's back in he's back in high school pretty exactly much. Back in it's, Pop it's, Warner. it looks so fun <laughs> yeah um but then, so the guy who's throwing him the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo, had yeah. a very decent start to the game. Like he, he didn't great, throw a touchdown. He had a great start. He did exactly what the 49ers needed him to do. And he didn't throw any touchdowns. He didn't have over 200 yards or anything like that. But he didn't really need to. That's not what was in the game plan. And plus, mm. the defense for the 49ers was just Dude. obliterated the Cowboys. That front seven. Yeah. was nuts. They lived up to all expectations, and it sucks that Nick Bosa got injured in that game, or else Dallas might not have been, even been in a position to tie that, or take the lead. Right, so, but he did the one thing that he has had a history of doing, is throwing that critical interception, and it's funny because your quarterback has a history of doing that, and my quarterback has a history of fumbling that frick out of the ball, and he did that as well. So, Starting with yours, that interception was bad. That was so, a bad interception. I mean, I can't stress enough. I think Jimmy had a really good first half. He Yes, I he agree. Easily outplayed Dak. I think he was well on his way to having one of his probably best playoff start. Um, it just looked really comfortable. He looked um, like he was picking up right where he left off from the second half against the Rams, where he's just making really timely throws and – complimenting that run game super well. I mean, that first drive was, was super impressive. Beautiful, beautiful opening drive. It's like Kyle stayed up the night before and could picture that drive, and it came to fruition it exactly any, yeah. how he thought. Um, but then the second half, and I guess, I don't want to blame it on an injury, but I guess it's coming out now that he did injure his shoulder in the second quarter. Um, so maybe that played a part in it. Um, I mean, he's out there playing, so I can't really judge him. Like, he's not injured, so he's out there playing. Um, his second half was 
one of the worst I've seen Jimmy play. I mean, that not even the interception, he had probably three balls that could have been intercepted and probably should have been intercepted. Like there was plenty that were popped up um, because he missed uh, receivers or there were tipped that could have been intercepted and Dallas just played dropped a couple. Right. I think one hit, hit one guy in the helmet is just, and then that, the one, the big crusher was IU wide open. Yes. Yes. Like on that, on that, yeah, sort of. And I get, I I get, I think we talked about this a little bit. I think Jimmy did think he was going to head sort of towards the corner and IU kind of breaks it a little bit directly towards the sideline. But with that much space, just lob it in there and put it on him. Yeah, you're not throwing to a spot at that point. You're throwing to a wasn't, from what I remember, he wasn't under pressure on that play and the offensive line played great. Um, Wasn't under pressure at all. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think, put two hands on the turf because he got beat so badly on that double move. I think you just got to put that on him. That should not have been, and he just completely overshot him. And that, well, is, that was the tough part. Yeah, I mean, that's that's quarterback one-on-one. I mean, that's something you learn when you're just playing the, the position. I mean, there there are certain plays, like, for example, if, um, like, when, when, when Jimmy, when we put Jimmy out wide and we were running, a, for those of you that don't know, some of you mm-hmm. will know, but we had a, we had a tight end who went on to play for UCLA who was like 6'4". He was, and he had phenomenal hands. So there were instances where we would just put him out on a corner, just single coverage, and it was like, okay, I know when Jimmy gets to 10 yards, I'm throwing to a spot right there because anywhere in this area, he's going to catch it. So it's just drop back quick. You don't, you almost don't even have to look. You, you do have to, but you almost don't have to. Yeah. <clears throat> but then there are other situations where you get somebody who's just – or you may have a situation like that, especially on a route like a streak or a post or an out route where there's room to throw in front of uh, your wide receiver. Um, it's one of those things where if you do see them wide open, it's no longer about throwing to a spot. It's like, oh, okay, well, now I just got to get it to him more yeah. than anything. Um, and maybe, so- you know, in all fairness to him, maybe they practice <laughs> that to where, like, he has to put it in a spot for then IU can get upfield. And it's the positioning for that catch after the run. But at that point, you just got to have it so he catches it. Right. Well, and we'll get to we'll get to the Niners and Packers game later. But the one thing I'll say is you better hope your guys are healthy um, for that game. Because you have two of your best two of your best players who are in serious doubt about playing in that game. And then Jimmy's banged up as well. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get to that game later. We got to talk about the Raiders Call. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm heading <laughs> towards right now. So we don't have to spend as much time on this game as we did the 49ers Cowboys game because, like I said, I don't think there's as much controversy in what happened in this one. Um, doesn't mean I don't feel strongly about it, but um, the thing is so for this game, for this game, this the Raiders did exactly what the Cowboys did in this in, with all the penalties. It was one of those things where it was like every positive offensive play that they had. It was getting pulled back by, and you know what? I it felt it felt for a long time, for most of that game, like the Raiders had so many more penalties than the Bengals. Mm-hmm. The Raiders had seven. The Bengals had seven, and actually, the Bengals had more penalty yards than the Raiders. The thing that sucked was that the Raiders, all of their penalties seemed like were just backbreakers. 
It was like, ooh, stop on third down, ready to go off the field. Nope, first down. And then, or we'd get like a 30-yard play and be like, nope, coming back, holding. And it was just the worst times for all of these different things. So, um, I mean, and then Derek, to have that fumble, that's the thing that has been his biggest, biggest weakness, to have it in that moment, and that was that was hard to watch. Um, that defensive line was coming after him. He game. was, yeah, he was under pressure all game long. Um, I thought Josh played really well. He had 13 carries for 83 yards. He was averaging mm-hmm. six and a half yards per carry. Um, <clears throat> they did a good job at kind of bottling Hunter. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. he had eight receptions, but he only had 58 yards. Um, so Derek had a couple plays where he really did miss a few. Uh, there's one in particular that I'm that I'm thinking of. I can't remember who it was to. Um, I know he had Zay Jones down the field on one of them that he missed, that he overthrew. Um, I think he had a miscue with somebody um, where after the play was over, he was pointing up like he wanted them to go up, and they went out. Um, I thought the Raiders' defense did a good job at keeping them in the game. Like, mm-hmm. they, they really – Max Crosby wasn't as big of a factor in this game. They did a really good job at containing Max. I was surprised. Well, they just ran the – complete opposite side for him pretty much all game which is funny because there were a couple times where he would still catch up like he came across mm-hmm. that dude has a motor on like i mean he do he still did get one sack but for the most part he, they did a good job at containing him um and they did a good job at containing joe mixon he only had 48 yeah. yards um i didn't think that they were gonna at all stop jamar chase but it was really that first drive where he got most of his catches he only had nine receptions and I think he had four or five on the first drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, they handled him pretty well. Um, and I so I think for the Raiders, again, it just comes down to they had a lot of penalties. They had that blatant mishap on special teams where instead of letting the ball roll out of bounds and having it put him at the 40, they actually feel the ball, and then they get the ball at the two-yard line, which was – ridiculous my dad lost his mind um and so did i and so did i it was just the biggest bonehead thing that fumble was crippling although the the Bengals only scored a field goal after Mm -hmm. that fumble so again credit the defense for playing really well um and even after all of that even after all of that and i didn't even get to the whistle thing but even after (laughs) all of that to be in a position at the end of the game where they had been pretty much every game this season, I re- I really thought they were going to do it. I really thought yeah. they were going to drive down that field and score a touchdown, and they were a fingertip away from doing it. Um, but it would have fit perfectly with what they had done this whole season, and they drove right down the field. They did exactly what you expected them to do because they've done it every game this year, right down the field, and they had chances to throw it into the end zone and just – didn't work out and it it was I wasn't nervous at all that whole game because I didn't feel like for most of the game like they had a shot to come back and then they got to the fourth quarter and it was like okay now I'm really nervous because this is the exact situation that they've been in every game so now I believe they're actually going to win and and then it just it didn't happen um and for for them to lose by a touchdown and have that stupid whistle thing that just a little salt in the wound, <laughs> but so for 
Well, actually, no. You give your take on this one. So, I mean, I just want to give um, the Raiders had an unbelievable year. And yes. Speaking yes. of that is just like you, I had all confidence that they were going to convert and mm-hmm. score on that final drive to force overtime because we have so much supporting data and history from just this single season of this team coming back, finding a way to tie it and winning in overtime pretty yeah. much. Um, did they have any business being in this game? Not really because the Bengals dominated them. Like the Raiders offense looked so bad and the Bengals that first drive looked great, but then the Raiders defense just stepped up huge limiting them to so many field goals. And I think I was talking to you. I was like, this game should be a blowout and it's only a 17 point game. Well, and the funny thing is, is that the Raiders had more total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards. They had more yards per play. They had five more first downs. They had, they converted on almost half of their third downs. The, I mean, they had eight uh, third down conversions and the Bengals only had five. They actually ran 10 more plays mm-hmm. than the, um, um, than the Bengals. But the number, the number is the Raiders lost a fumble and they threw an interception and the Bengals had zero turnovers. Yeah, so you're um, giving way better field position. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So, but like on all accounts, like the Raiders had more yards, Carr had more passing yards, they had more rushing yards, they were averaging more yards to play, they had more first downs, they were better on third down. It was just those penalties and those turnovers were, that's why they lost the game. And it's it stinks. It stinks because it's one of those things where you can point to say that there were aspects of that game where the Raiders were the better team, mm-hmm. except in the area of the penalties and the turnovers. And unfortunately, those are the two biggest like things that you need to actually win. Yeah, I don't. I don't really come down on. I mean, Derek's had a problem his whole career with with fumbling, fumbling yeah. in the pocket. But with how well – I mean, Cincinnati opened up my eyes with how strong that defensive front is. Yeah. Um, where they were just – it's seeming like blowing through a pretty good Oakland uh, – Oakland, Vegas O-line. I mean, they were kind of having their way with them a little bit. Um, maybe in a different script that the Raiders are only down seven, they're able to get that run game going a little more, which is I think their biggest – like their – their starting point where they really want to launch off from. I think they did a good job of trying to get Waller involved a lot, which is maybe their most talented offensive player. Um, Zay Jones came out of nowhere these last last couple weeks. weeks, And he's, you gotta be, you gotta be excited. He filled it. He's filling a huge hole. Oh yeah. He's had in that wide receiver course. The catch, the catch that he had coming across the middle where he catches it and immediately gets like absolutely clobbered. I mean, he catches it and the the safety hits him, like hits the football and hits him like as mm-hmm. soon as it catch, touches his hand. Was that he Bates? Falls down. Yeah, I don't remember which safety. I don't remember who it was, but Zay got clobbered and stood right back up and was like first down. And but that's been him. That has been him the last four weeks. And you're right um, mm-hmm. with that. And you'd mentioned the car thing. I don't even, I mean, I blame the fumble on him because you have to, um, you have to hold on to the ball. Yeah. But that play, they decided to single block with our second string tight end. The number one defensive lineman for Cincinnati was like, what did you think was going He's to like, happen? What is he? Second in the league in sacks, I think. Second or, like or third. third. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, dude, that's <laughs> so one, that's on the coaching staff. 
two, that's on Derek for not going. Okay, we're going to switch up protection here for a second. <laughs> Josh, I'm going to bring you over. You tip on that guy. Or like Colt, you're on the left side. Help him out. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird too because they doubled. It was like Colton it was and so the weird. left guard so doubled weird. the inside guy, leaving uh, Monroe single on the oh uh, Moreau Foster Moreau yeah yeah Moreau yeah single on the I think it was Cincinnati. Hendrickson yeah I think it was yeah. Hendrickson is his last name yeah which is it's just so weird like in Derek's head he's probably like okay uh pass protection right here in his head he's like wait uh, what time how much time is on do I have time to switch this do I have my tight ends in max oh that protect? was another thing too the amount of times that the Raiders were snapping the ball with zero time left on the play clock was insane we haven't even gotten to the whistle thing so let's do that real quick the inadvertent whistle in that back in the end Sam and I talked about this for like 45 minutes when it happened um yeah but the so the thing the thing that I was saying and I and I get I get where Sam is coming from, and because to your point, you were saying that that whistle one didn't affect the play, and two, it was clearly a mistake. And I get all that. I understand that. Oh, and I think it, three is a clear touchdown. Like there's no yes, refuting right. what that it was. would have been a touchdown. The whistle was a mistake. I get it. I 100% get it. The thing that stinks is that. Even though there was a mistake, and I, I, I honestly, I hear both sides of the arguments. Like I have my side, I have your side, and I think that whichever way it would have gone, I think by rule, and I kept coming back to this by rule, even if it's an inadvertent whistle, and they, the NFL, I mean, they came out and said that that was an inadvertent whistle, and by rule, um, well, I don't know if the NFL came out and say that, but Gene Steratore, the guy who does, uh the referee um, stuff in the booth um, mm-hmm. tweeted out and he was saying by rule that shouldn't have counted. And the, you know, the play should have been replayed. Um, so it stinks that he, that there was an error made that would have benefited the Raiders and it didn't. <laughs> so for that, it was one of those things where the reps just kind of, I guess collectively were like, look, that was a mis- I don't know what was discussed in the huddle, but it had to have been – that was a total mistake. Um, but then uh, but then the other side of the argument is we can sit here and say that that didn't affect the play at all. But truthfully, we have no idea. And I actually, te- I actually texted um, Keegan, who we had on the show last week, who's a Bengals fan, and I said, dude, that should not have counted. And he texted me. He said, yeah, I heard the whistle too. I didn't know what that was all about. So even, even he was like, yeah, that – I mean, so it just – and for them to lose by seven points and to have that mistake that would have benefited them, I understand it would – it was a total mistake and it was a clear touchdown. It, maybe it didn't affect the play at all, but maybe it did. Maybe the corners did hear it and they all stopped. Who knows? I don't know because Merrick wasn't all that close to Chase, but um, still, I mean, you, you never you never really know. Yeah, I think it's a, another thing we've never I've, – I've never really seen a play happen yeah. like that. I think refs have done such a good job of um, using replay to their advantage and not making those snap decision calls 
um, all they had to do there, if that ref did think that Joe Burrow stepped out of bounds, let the play go on. And if it results in a touchdown, it's replayed and you're going to go back to see if he stepped out. Clearly he didn't. And you would have been proven right. Or it's a penalty or it's an interception, which turnovers are reviewable or a coach will challenge it. Most likely something like that, but it, refs I feel like are taught so much more now to let the play go on and almost like that soccer European football mentality of like giving advantage let the play go on let it play out here so when a a foul occurs a ref has the judgment to say oh keep going keep going like the the team that had possession still has possession we're not going to let that foul ruin this like ruin the play the flow of the game type of thing it's just I guess it with the inadvertent whistle, are we under the assumption that the ref didn't mean like under, I thought it was like he saw Joe Burrow's foot or a thought he saw Joe Burrow's foot go out of bounds. So he blew his whistle, but That's are we saying that, too. are we saying that it just went off? Like it was just an accident. Like it was just like, he didn't even see it or was like, being about to whistle it and then was like did that did that did that oh i don't know and then blue yeah and, and see if, if that was the case then that makes it worse like that because in that case the intent going into blowing the whistle would have been intentional which makes which which would have made and god knows we'll never get that information um no, they, <clears throat> You got to protect your reps, I think, at that point as the referee. Right, but if that is the case, then that makes that whole situation so much worse. And then I can definitively say that play shouldn't count um, because he went into that with the intent of blowing that whistle that he was out of bounds. If it was totally inadvertent, well, then I could hear the argument. But then the one thing that we'd never be able to determine is whether or not the defense did hear it and go and sort of stop. So, and that's something we'll never be able to know. Well, I don't um, know if, is that the biggest part of this play? Because by letter of the law, you're totally correct. They should have definitely handled it. I guess they ruled somehow that the whistle occurred after the catch. I guess just no, to cut. So if you, if you watch, if you watch the play, it does happen before, but it happens after the throw. No, but the refs announced that they determined that it came after is what I'm saying, which clearly it doesn't. Yeah, clearly it doesn't. So, so I, that's I, how they, they covered their own <clears throat> behind, you know? Yeah. Well, but I mean, what I was, end, what I was yeah. saying was, I think you gotta, you gotta let players play, especially in the playoffs. And if that is a clear touchdown with undefutable evidence going into it, I think you gotta, you gotta let that stand because you're only hurting the Bengals. The Raiders already gave up a touchdown. They have nothing more to lose, or yeah, nothing more to lose in that play. You would only be hurting the Bengals. So if you let status quo stay, then you let the game go on. And I think that really helps the game because if they were to call that back and the Bengals only get a field goal when they clearly scored a touchdown and then the Raiders happen to win, I think that would be such a bigger 
cataclysmic like controversy oh, yeah. in, oh, for in sure. for the refs. And that would the, have just marred that game. For sure. For sure. The unfortunate part is letter of the law, that would have been the right call. So it's it's a weird, yeah. it's a weird line. So I don't know. We do have to move on because uh Sam does have to get going here in the next 15 minutes. So let's jump to the um the divisional round. So the matchups are set. We have the Bengals and Titans Saturday, 1.30 p.m. And then we close out the night, which is probably the game that I – well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's between this it's one and the, Bills and the Bills and the Chiefs one. But so the Niners and the Packers Saturday, 5.15 p.m. Then Sunday at 12 p.m. we have the Rams and the Bucks, and then we have the Bills and the Chiefs. They're all really good games. These are all, all great super games. good teams. They're all great games. Uh, so let's start with the Bengals Titans. Derrick Henry might be back. Maybe. We're not 100% sure. So there's a looming possibility that the number one running back in the league is going to show up and potentially wreak havoc on Cincinnati. And I say potentially for two reasons. One, we don't even know if he's going to be played. And two, we don't even know if he's going to be himself because he's been away for a while. So the Bengals are traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans at 1.30 on Saturday. What do you think? What's your feel on this game? So it definitely depends for me on injury. If Derrick Henry can't go, I think that's a huge um, advantage for the Bengals. As long as they get some of their key guys back, like like Trey Hendrickson coming back. I think that would be huge. Um, Sam Hubbard played a huge role at their D end. Um, just, I mean, they have a bunch of key guys from that defense that played so well against the Raiders that left because of injury. I think they, mm-hmm. if they somehow find a way to get the majority of those guys back and Derrick Henry isn't coming back, I think that's a huge advantage for the Bengals because they they're coming off big time wins. Mm-hmm to close the year and the Titans there's a little bit of a lull effect when you're coming off of a bye as that team that gets that bye and I think the Bengals can just come out and smack them in the mouth pretty quickly I I think that the Bengals have an excellent chance to win this game I really do especially if Derrick Henry doesn't play if Derrick Henry doesn't play then I would say the Bengals are gonna the Bengals the Bengals are gonna win this game um if he does play, that's that's another tough guess because we don't know how how healthy he's going to be, what his role is going to be like. I don't. Maybe they only bring him out for like I don't know, like goal to go situations, you know, and like say, okay, Derek, I know you're like back and healthy and stuff, but we need you to pound this in for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or just use him so, as a decoy almost. I mean, you got to keep the defense or running. save. Yeah, or save him for the second half. Um, I don't know. I don't know what their plan would be, but I think if we're going on safety of the pick at the moment, because I do think if these teams are both healthy, right, and they both have all their pieces, and they both play their A plus games, the Titans win. Yeah, I think the Titans win the game. I think Uh, the Titans at their best is the best team in the AFC. I think. Yeah, I think I I think I agree too. If every team is healthy and they all play their best game, I think the Titans. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the best team, but. Because we don't know what the health of Derrick Henry is going to be, I think right now, as it's sitting on 
uh, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think my early pick is going to be the Bengals to win the game. Oh, I want to I want to pick the Bengals too. I think that'd be so cool to see. <laughs> then the pick Bengals. the Bengals. I really do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick. Oh, I just think Tennessee's going to struggle not, early. We're not competing against each other right now. This is really just what you know what we're what we're feeling. But I think shortcoming, um, like shortchanging the Tennessee offense without Derrick Henry, I think is a complete mistake because That's they're getting healthy true. at the right time. Julio Jones is healthy. AJ Brown is back at full strength and looks like a superstar. Um, Tannehill, fully capable of winning playoff games, mm-hmm. especially at home. Um, I just think Cincinnati, you can't argue with that momentum that they're bringing into this it's game. Tough. I really think that they're going to jump out on Tennessee a little bit, maybe get up by two scores and it might be too much to overcome. That might even nullify the Derrick Henry effect. If you're up by two stores, you can't really run your way yeah, back into it. Um, I don't know a score that I would pick for it. Maybe like, I feel like it's going to be like, I feel like the 27, 24 is such like a, commonly picked score for like two pretty good teams um yeah i made me think 33 30 33 30 Bengals. i could see that 33 to 30 Bengals. yeah i think i'll go um goodness gracious how many points did they they only put up 26 against the raiders um and the raiders suck their defense is not terrible. Let's they be honest. Great. They play great. <laughs> yeah, their defense is not bad. Um, I think I'm going to go – lordy. I think I'm going to go 28-24 Bengals um, over Tennessee. All right, uh, we do got to move through these games. We'll go Packers 49ers. Um, I'm sorry, but I do think the Packers are going to win this game. Um, the Packers are getting, like – all of their guys back, they're rested, they're healthy, it's at home. I know the 49ers have been the Achilles heel for Aaron Rodgers, but with the uncertainty of Garoppolo's health, with the uncertainty of Bosa's health, um, and then Fred Warner as well, I think there's too much for Green Bay. Green Bay just feels like the team in the NFL to me at the moment right now, and until I'm proven otherwise, I'm going to stick with Rodgers. So I think I think the Packers win, and yeah. I think if Nick Bosa and Fred Warner aren't playing, I think they're going to pour it on your defense, maybe. I think there's a chance that they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That's, I, I mean, so, we're talking about two all-pro level players. Being I think I'm going to go 30-20 to 20 Green Bay over the 49ers. <clears throat> so I think this, this game, again, is conditional on who's healthy. Um, more so for the 49ers side because the Packers are, from all accounts, perfectly healthy, like 100% mm-hmm. a go. And they're rested. They have another week to prepare. This is a team they already played this year in the Niners. They're well familiar with them. Um, but the Niners, just for whatever reason, match up really well against the Packers. They, they played do. them earlier this year. Easily could have won if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers and poor game planning late with uber conservative and, defense. 
let's be honest. I'm looking back at this game right now, and the 49ers didn't even do what they do best. They only rushed for 67 yards in that game. Yeah, Jimmy played great <laughs> in that game. I mean, at and least played great right, late. It was 30 to 28. It was that close. Yeah, I mean, they were up 28-27 with 37 seconds left. And then they got Aaron Rodgers. And that was just this year. And we saw what happened last year when the Niners ran all over them. And now they have probably the most, like, dangerous running attack right now. Like, yeah. that no one wants to play. Um, they weren't using Debo as a running back back then, which has added, like, a huge layer to their the offense. offense. Um, with, if you were to tell me that Jimmy's completely fine, Nick is going to come back and rush the passer like he did all over Dallas uh, last week. And Fred Warner is going to be all over the field playing his best. I could easily see the Niners winning a close one. I could see them winning too. I don't think it's going to happen. But if we're sitting here next week and the 49ers have moved on, it won't shock me. Yeah, I think if they were to come up against Tampa, I think that's an awful matchup for them. And I honestly, if if they were to come up against the Rams again, that might be. I, I don't. I don't know if I could pick the Niners to beat the Rams for a third time this year. Right. That is just scary. And if you don't beat good teams three times in one year, you just right. don't do that. So who you got? I'm. I. I mean, I'm obviously going to take the Niners. All right. What's your score? Give me. Uh, give me. I just don't. How do you pick? Green Bay to not score enough points. I know. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I think 45 to 42. <laughs> it's going to be a field goal again. Um, Robbie Gold just doing his thing. Never missed a kick in the playoffs, apparently. What you got? Was that? Um, there hasn't actually been any missed kicks in the playoffs so far. Interesting. No one has missed a field goal, which is really weird. Um, showing some love to some kickers. Yeah. 27 uh, 24. 27 20 Why your favorite score. Why not? 27-24. So the next game, I think this Rams-Bucks game for me is the hardest one to get a read on out of all of them. I have yeah. no idea what to expect. The Rams came out and obliterated the Cardinals. On Their defense looked dominant. Odell looked great. Stafford looked great. And the Buccaneers, they have some health issues right now that really are concerning on their offensive line. The wide receivers, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, uh, this one's the hardest one for me to get a feel on. I think it's now practice to bet against Tom Brady. Um, cannot pull it off, but I feel like the Rams should win this game with the momentum that they just carried in uh, against, I mean, like after beating their division rivals and the fashion that they did and how well that they looked, knowing that Tampa has some health issues, I feel like everything's set up for them to win this game, right? Yeah, I just don't know if they're going to. They're playing. Because <laughs> it's Tom Brady. And they blew out the Bucks earlier this year, too. We they, can't yeah, forget they did. that. I mean, that was a long time ago, and but that was a fully healthy Bucks team that got absolutely dominated do by the Rams. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Rams win this game. And I, I do I believe it? I don't know, but it's just what I'm feeling at the moment. So I'm so, going to take mean, the Rams, and I'm going to go 28-24. Again, same sort of thing with uh, with the Bengals game. I think it's going to be close. 
No, screw it. 28 27. Comes down to a field goal. Stafford leads a game winning drive. <clears throat> Doubtful. Uh, Tampa, the, I mean, you talk about health issues. It's all on the offensive side because their defense is completely healthy for probably the first time in a long time. And they played great against the Eagles. Um, I think they continue to play great against yeah. the Rams and just make that game a physical game, as physical, dirty as possible. Um, the Tristan Wirfs injury is really scary with um, Tom, Tom missing his best offensive lineman and potentially a center as well, um, Ryan Jensen. Or is he a guard? Well, he's missing two starting linemen yeah. potentially um, in this game, which is against Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, and Michael Floyd. That's pretty scary. That's not yeah. ideal going and in. Vaughn Miller's been playing out of his mind. so Yeah, he's been playing like a beast. Um, but would I bet against Tom? Heck no. Give me 24-20, Tampa Bay. 24-20, yeah. And um, you know what? Roger or Stafford finally got his first playoff win. Mm-hmm. He's not super great in the playoffs, and he hasn't been super great this last <coughs> few months of the year. Like I said, I'm sort of just picking the Rams because, look, I, I'm sort of betting with my heart, not my head, which is the Worst thing you should ever do, but I'm doing it right now. So who cares? I have nothing to lose because I'm not betting anything. Um, and then the last game will be the Buff will be the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, give me the Bills. Give me the Bills in this game. I think they're the better team. Um, I think they've been playing better. Um, I understand that Kansas City is Kansas City and they're this immovable force, but they haven't been this immovable force. I mean, not immovable. They're yeah unstoppable object is more of what they've been um i just josh allen if he plays like he played in new england then or against new england i should say he is maybe the best quarterback in football maybe um he's right up there with rogers and i the reason why i say that is because not only can he beat you with his arm but you forget how athletic he is and how much he can run um so I'll take the Bills, and um, I think it's going to be a close game as well. All all of these games are going to be close, I think. But hopefully, hopefully they're give me all the close. give me the Bills in a shootout. Give me oh, and let me say that the Bills secondary and defense has been playing out of their mind. They were they're, the best secondary in the league this year. Aren't they a top um, two scoring defense? I, I think yeah, they're up there. So don't shortchange the Bills defense. So give me thirty five. 32 bills over Kansas City and they move on to the AFC championship game. I think I'm gonna do uh 38 35 Kansas City. I think Kansas City's been rolling. I think they just have they're just gonna find a way to win. I don't know. 35 is your score. Yeah, I think it's gonna be right. hopefully really high scoring, lives up to the billing of a rematch from the AFC conference uh championship game last year. Um yeah, I, I think nothing that Casey showed against Pittsburgh would really make me hesitate in picking them to win. I think they're in, they're in top form, and they've been in top form. I think they found that top form a little bit. That defense is playing a lot better than what they were earlier in the year, and that offense is, like you said, it's unstoppable. I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't turning the ball over um, late late this year, and he's finding a lot of weapons. They haven't even unlocked – Tyree Kill really yet in this offense as of late. So I mean, and it's at home. If this was in Buffalo, 
I think that is super scary for KC, but because it's in Arrowhead, I think that's huge. Well, these two teams played way back at the beginning of the season. Obviously, different points for both of their, these teams. The Bills won 38-20 to 20 over yeah. Kansas City in Kansas City. Um, I don't think they're going to blow them out like that again. I, I doubt it. Uh, the Chiefs are in a much different spot. Um, but I do think the Bills take care of business. And I think Josh Allen is, well, I guess with my picks, um, is heading to the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. What a fun – Bills-Bengals. Well, never thought I mean, you would see that. Yeah. Um, so, go, looking back at our picks, uh, we're the same just with one game with the Bengals game. But I have the Packers. Sam has the Niners. I have the Rams. He's got the Bucks. And I've got the Bills, and he's got the Chiefs. Should be a fun divisional round in the NFL. There's not a bad matchup this weekend. So mm-hmm. if you guys like watching football, which if you're watching the show, I'm assuming you do, sit back, kick your feet up, and enjoy the weekend because this is going to be fun. And we're going to be looking forward to the conference championship games uh, just a little bit after that. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but uh, I think we're really excited either way with whatever draw we get. Cause let's be honest, all of these teams that are still remaining in the playoffs, they're all, I mean, they're the elite eight of the NFL. So whatever matchups we end up getting going forward, they're all going to be great football games. So um, thank you guys so much for uh, sticking around for one for episode one seventeen uh, of nothing to say the fans podcast. We really do appreciate it. Um, we hope you all have enjoyed the, uh, the football, enjoy the games coming up this weekend and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, guys.